Welcome to the EQ4 podcast with me, Deborah McPhillamy. In this podcast, we talk about developing emotional intelligence as well as learning about social intelligence, how to handle your emotions in your relationships, in business, and in your life in general. I also talk to other experts in the field and I'll give you some tools, tips, and techniques to help you to be more EQ. Hi, everybody. My name is Deborah McPhillamy, and welcome to our daily EQ show. This is our very first show. We're really excited to be here, and we thought it would be a wonderful opportunity for you to meet the team to find out a little bit more about what we do and why we do it. Welcome, team. Hi. Say hi for our first show. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Amazing. So, my name, as I said, is Deborah McPhillamy, and I am somebody who are, is incredibly passionate about emotional intelligence and especially in these days and times that we're experiencing I think that emotional intelligence is more important than ever. Being EQ really is a way of life and understanding what we're going through, not being affected by the rest of the world, not being affected by other people and fortunately my team is just as passionate as I am and I guess that's why they joined the company, but it's just that we thought, you know, bringing you a daily show of how your emotions affect your life on a daily basis and what you can do about it. We're hoping and with our intention is that this is going to be very, really helpful for you to have a more fulfilling life, a more calming life, a happier existence, because I think there's nothing worse in the world than when we are suffering. And often suffering comes from our emotional state and because we're so affected by what is going on out there. So today we are just going to be touching briefly on what emotional intelligence is, what it means to be EQ and how it can help you in your daily life. So I will start off by just explaining in a nutshell about what emotional intelligence is before we really get to speak to the rest of the team and find out about their passion and how being EQ helps them in their daily life. So being emotionally intelligent simply means that you understand your emotions, where they come from, why you have them, and what you can do about them. Now, I like to look at emotions as a form of language. Because emotions have incredible energy and incredible intuition and advice within them. But historically, we have been taught to suppress those emotions, to not take notice of them, to feel bad about them. And our emotions can overwhelm us, especially if we feel like it's not normal to have those emotions. You know, we get angry. Sometimes we get punished for it. We get judged for it. But the thing is, our emotions are incredibly natural and they're so incredibly powerful because your emotions can help you on your life path. Your emotions tell you when you're off course. Your emotions tell you when somebody's safe or when somebody's unsafe. So the last thing you ever want to do is to ignore and su suppress your emotions. But I think the confusion comes when people don't understand them, when they've been taught, when they've grown up with parents going, you have no right to be angry. It's not good to be sad. Oh, get rid of that anxiousness. Oh, snap out of your depression. But when we become emotionally intelligent, uh, meaning that we become intelligent or we understand the intelligence of our emotions, we can really use them. 
to keep us safe and to keep us on the path that we want to go on. And that's simply what emotional intelligence is. It's about befriending them, understanding them, and it's about learning to speak their language. The same way as you would learn to speak French or Spanish or Afrikaans, whatever that second language is, you can learn to speak the language of emotion and then become intelligent about them. So in a nutshell, now having that understanding obviously also means that you would have to follow the process of it because just like you have to go through the literacy, the dialect, the tone, everything that comes with speaking a language, so too do you need to go through the process of becoming emotionally intelligent. And that's what we do at eq for all We help you to learn to speak that language. So guys, I think I have said in a nutshell what EQ means. And I think it's important for you now to meet the team and to find out why they are so passionate about EQ and what EQ means to them specifically in their daily lives. So I'm gonna start with Natasha, our youngest member of the team. So Natasha, tell us a little bit about you and what, what it means to you to have the skill of being EQ in your daily life. Okay, so yeah, my name is Natasha, as Deborah introduced me. And for me, being emotionally intelligent at such a young age, I'm 23 years old, is a massive leap in the right direction. I see lots of my friends struggling with anxiety and depression, and they are spiraling down from their early 20s to a dark place that I've seen people in their 30s and 40s get to. So for me, learning to be EQ is an essential skill, which I think we should teach to people as young as four so that they can combat and combat these emotions, not combat them, but that they can deal with them and so that they know what to do when they're feeling anxious, when they're feeling worried, when they're feeling happy, and so that they can appropriately express those emotions in a really healthy and constructive way and build really good relationships. For me, EQ... I think I'm more emotionally intelligent now in my later life than I was in my earlier life and my youth because I, in the past, didn't ever really acknowledge my emotions. I thought that the, the less emotions you experience, the better you are at being a human. So if you can limit your expression of sadness and just try to smile and be happy all the time, then you're succeeding. And while I was, I am a happy person and I have, been very fortunate to have happy feelings my whole life I was a bit concerned as why I would shut down those feelings of sadness and those feelings of depression and guilt always when I was growing up and around my peers and I found that my connection to my friends was starting to dwindle because they couldn't relate to me on issues with that they were feeling that they were feeling upset or sad about something and I wasn't the kind of person they could talk to I was a person that they see being happy and the example they may be wanted to follow, but they had no idea how to connect to me in that way. And so when I'd learned about EQ and how I could delve deeper into my emotions and understand them in a healthier way, I became, those connections became stronger between my friends and myself and my relationships have improved drastically. I've learned to actually accept that I am sad sometimes and I do get depressed about things, but I, I don't beat myself up about it anymore. 
people. I don't try and hide those parts of myself from myself. And as a result, I have a much healthier relationship with myself. And I'm so, so grateful that I have learned that at such a young age. Mm. And I really hope to become more emotionally intelligent as I age and grow on and to share that insight about emotions with other people, with yeah. friends, with family, with anybody I possibly can. I think it's a fantastic skill. It's a superpower. Our emotions are amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited that we have them and that I can be working with a team who really acknowledges and accepts that emotions are important. They should be at the forefront of our day, the forefront of our mind, and we can use them to succeed in life yeah. in every yeah. possible way. Yeah. Love that. Love that, Natasha. Yeah, what, what inspires me about you is, as you said, as a 23-year-old, having access to this knowledge, I remember when I was introduced to it, I think I was about 32 or something, and at the time thinking, why on earth do we not know this stuff? Why is it not taught in school? Because these are life skills. These are skills that we need for our relationships. We need it for our body. We need it for our own health. We need it to be able to relieve stress. We need it for all our relationships all our relationships. And as you said there, you know, that is, I guess, why we're so passionate about teaching children from the age of four. Because if you think about when you teach a child from a really young age, um, and specifically at the age of four, when a child's emotional brain switches on, when they learn those skills, they have those skills for life. So if you teach them French at the age of four, they're never going to forget it because it's, it's just part of who they are. So um, I think it's absolutely wonderful that you, you know, you, you're leading the way with your generation, because I think more than ever, your generation wants to understand themselves and wants to do better and have a different experience and not have to go through all the pain as 50 plus <laughs> some things they have to go through. So thank you so much for sharing that. There was a lot of good insight there. So I'm going to come next to Nicholas. So Nicholas, tell us a little bit about yourself and what does it mean to you to be EQ? Hello, Debs. <laughs> um, as Deborah said, my name is Nicola and I am in my 30s. So I'm a generation. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm a millennial. <laughs> and uh, I... You know, I, I've always been very emotional growing up. You know, I was always considered to be an emotional person. And as you mentioned in your introduction, being emotional wasn't always a good thing. It's, you know, you, you sort of needed to suppress that. And, you know, I think it comes hand in hand with being an artist. As you know, I'm a theatre maker. And, and you know, I, I always put a lot of passion and emotion into the work that I was creating as a child. You know, my art was very dark. And... And I didn't always understand my emotions, so I'd allow them to really spiral, you know, into very dark places, into very negative places, and to take my emotions into negative outlets. And, you know, through therapy and, you know, learning to understand my emotions, I really, you know, I always considered myself to be a very empathetic person because I had such strong emotions, I could really connect and link to other people's emotions. Uh, but you know, as I said, I would always channel my emotions into very negative spaces because sometimes it was very overwhelming to be extremely mm -hmm. sad or extremely depressed or, uh, you know, whatever came up or anxious. And, you know, as I've grown up, I've, I've sort of learned to firstly not let other people affect me. And, and for me, you know, emotional intelligence came in when I started developing a strong sense of self. 
once I fully understood who I am, what my goals are and what I want and accepting that I am different, I am a weirdo as my therapist said to me once, which was the best thing I ever heard. She's like, you weird and you must own it. You know, once I've just learned to accept my uniqueness and what makes me special and, and how it's different to what makes other people special. You know, wow. we've all got our unique way of being. Then I was suddenly like, okay, well, if I've got this strong sense of self, then I can't allow others firstly to affect me, which eradicated a huge part of, you know, the extreme emotions. And then also learning to understand my emotions and learning to sit with them and analyze them and go, okay, I feel this way. And this is how I'm going to channel it, you know, into healthy outlets. You know, mm. exercise for me is a massive way of, of channeling, you know, any sort of like negative emotions, you know, into br bringing in those endorphins and making it positive. Uh, so that is, yeah, that has really been my journey through emotional intelligence. And what's nice about joining EQ for All is it really is just a daily reminder. And it came to me at an amazing time, you know, COVID had a massive effect on, on my career, my industry. You know, just this morning, I found out that the Fugard Theatre, which was my first job, my home, my love, has closed down, which, you know, is, I'm, I'm obviously sitting here quite devastated about that. And um, so, so being part of this organization is just a daily reminder to practice emotional intelligence and to analyze my emotions and really just, you know, come to terms with, um, certain things and and I really think that it's so special that I get to spend every day doing a job that is pa I'm passionate about and that yeah. can benefit society now more than ever because yeah. you know COVID has had a massive impact on so many of us yeah definitely yeah. I love what you said when when you you said about embracing emotions because I think there's so many people that think that you know what if I just push this away it I can just pull up the carpet sweep them underneath they're going to magically poof disappear and I'm going to feel so much better um, mm. but the interesting thing about emotions is the more you resist them the more it persists the more you want to shove them down they're eventually going to come up. And I think as children, historically, you know, we were taught that because our parents didn't have the skills, they didn't have the knowledge of teaching us and the teachers certainly didn't have it. So no one had that knowledge to say, you know what, it's okay to feel sad, let it out, cry. You know, boys grew up with this cowboys don't cry kind of thing. So what do you do? You you just eat them, you suck them in, you suppress them. But then what happens when you get older, you suddenly have a nervous breakdown, you have um, all sorts of things coming out because your emotions like energy has to come out. So you can imagine if you take a, um, a Coke bottle or a, a gassy cold drink and you shake it and you put the lid on, you know, it, it has to come out. And, and it's the same thing with our emotions when we just shove them down, mm -hmm. shove them down, shove them down. There's going to be a time that you're either going to completely switch off and become completely depressed and numb to life or they're going to come out. So I think it's, it's such a healthy thing when people embrace that and realize that and go, you know what? I'm just going to sit with this emotion for a while. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to let it pass through me. I'm going to possibly befriend it and go, is this something that I need to learn from this? 
Is there something that I need to pay attention to? Is this something that you're trying to tell me? Or is this just a feeling of, or this energetic feeling that I just need to allow it to be? And whether that means to cry, to scream, to hit a, your pillow or something. And the interesting thing then is, is that you then feel better so much quicker i mean we do something here at eq for all when somebody's having a bad day you know they'll they will tell me we'll say let it out talk about it get rid of it because the minute you let it out and it's gone you can then focus on your day but if you are concentrating on keeping that all in you can't concentrate and focus on your day your day actually becomes harder and i think this is so important I think for parents and educators to understand is that you have children sitting in the classroom and they've got so much going on at home they're anxious they're all back at school now you know kids are starting to go back to school after um, COVID there's a lot of anxiety and children are just expected to sort of shove it down learn and concentrate but for them their concentration and their focus is on shoving down their emotions so they can't concentrate they can't focus whereas if they allow to talk about it and let it out and clear the air they're able to focus and concentrate so much more so i think just knowing that um, from a parent's and educator's perspective is, is an incredible way that you can help your children. But before I go off on a tangent, because I'm very passionate, as I said, about emotional intelligence, and I love giving tools and tips and helpful ways and guides, um, I want to come to Eve next. And um, Eve has been with me for a long time now on this journey. So Eve, tell us about what being EQ means to you and, and why are you so passionate about it? Um, EQ means a lot to me. Um, I was one of the, I'm 40, by the way, because everybody <laughs> said the age. <laughs> and I grew up in a generation where kids are seen and not heard and do what you're told. And so I come from that generation where your life is already planned out for you until the day you're out of the house. And if I knew what I knew now as that 12-year-old, 14-year-old girl, my life would have been different. I would have handled situations differently. And ever since I became EQ, I've noticed that I've got better relationships. I can... I attract people that is positive because I'm putting out that positive energy. I have a better relationship with my husband. I never used to talk about my emotions. I used to shut it down and EQ just opened it up and made me talk mm -hmm. and made me have a voice. And I found a partner that listened and embraced my my shortcomings before you couldn't you always judge yourself oh um, I'm not smart enough oh I'm not pretty enough but when you get to know yourself and you walk and love your truth the world opens up to you hmm. and that's what EQ means to me the world because I'm open and it just flows through me so yeah <laughs> I love that. And, and Eva's also got a little boy of six. So tell us a little bit about that because 
I think you became really passionate about EQ when you were looking for help with your little boy and you were going, I don't know what to do. I don't understand him. How do I deal with this? So tell us a little bit about that because that's where your passion really sparked, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um, it all came about my childhood. I don't want my child to grow up with the things that I went through as a child. So that protectiveness comes in as being a mother and I want to protect him from the world outside. But I also need to prepare him for the world outside. Um, my generation, we weren't prepared to go outside. You were told what you were supposed to do and then just go on your way. Where else he can have beautiful relationships growing up. He can open his mind to learning new things and appreciate people's differences and that he's different. And mm. that's where my passion came from. And he he's challenging. <laughs> but that's what, what kids are. They, yeah, that's what kid, kids are. They are there to challenge you and show you, mom, you can be better. And I see it in him. Yeah. So if I change my behavior and yeah. and see the change in him, it's amazing. It's just seeing the progress of my hard work, but it's not work, working hard if you're emotionally intelligent. It just pays off at the end of the yeah. day. He yeah. will come and tell me, mom, I'm sad. Mom, I'm happy. I'm excited. And we will have beautiful conversations and that's what I want for everyone I want every mom and dad to feel what I'm feeling mm. and because it's so special and it gives you that butterfly feeling so if I'm feeling like that most moms and dads feel like that as well they yearn yeah. for that they want their child to succeed in all facets of life yeah so yeah that's you no know, I, I had trouble with him um with sleeping and I asked Deb, what should I do? She gave me a sample tip, bananas. And it worked. And I'm like, hectic. Something as small as that can change <laughs> someone's behavior. And then that just had a trickle effect on something something happens and then I address it but yeah it's been amazing the journey has been amazing it's so interesting <laughs> that you bring up the banana because it's more about because as you know one of the things we teach at EQ for all is about helping people with their nutrition and bananas are simply about magnesium so calming the nervous system down and helping them to feel better and then they sleep better but what I loved what you said is that, you know, having that relationship with your child, because I think there's nothing worse than when you grow up being scared of your parents oh, and yes. you get to tell them how you're feeling, what, what is going on, being honest with them, being open with them, um, fearing rejection, fearing that you're going to disappoint them. There's, there's just so much that goes on. But when your child has feels safe with you and they can express their emotions and express their confusion and everything that goes on, I mean, it just gives you that incredible sense of intimacy and like, 
I mean, I love being able to talk to my children about anything. And I remember when I started my journey um, with EQ, my son was already a teenager. So this was nine, 2003. I can't figure out how many years it was ago, 18 years ago or something. And I'd just done my EQ training and I'd started learning about personalities and the brain. And my son was a teenager and he just looked at me and he went, mom, for the first time, I feel like you understand me. And I was like, whoa, my kid thought that I didn't understand him because I thought I was doing a good job, but I clearly wasn't relating to him the way I thought I was. And the other thing that, that um, I loved is that when you start embracing how you can become a better parent, a better person by learning from your children. And my son, once again, who's he was always a very soft-spoken child. He was a very introverted. He wasn't a kid. He was a very compliant child. But the one day he said to me, I was so upset. And I think this is something that, that parents all don't like about themselves, that I was shouting at him because I grew up with shouting. So it was like a normal thing. But I was shouting at him and he just looked at me and he went, Mommy, I can see you are upset. I can see you having a bad day, but please can you not shout at me? And I was like, wow, this is awful. It made me wake up. It made me go, why am I shouting? Why do I feel like I've got to shout to be heard? And I think it's very much that, you know, when you when you don't have the self-awareness or you don't have the understanding that you know, monkey see, monkey do. So we raise our children the way we were raised and we think that's the way to do it. But then suddenly your child goes, you know what, what you're doing is just not okay with me. This is really affecting me. It's in those moments that we stop and think and go, wait, I can do better. Why do I want my child to feel what, the way I felt when I was shouted at? It was awful. It was horrible. I hated it. But I think a lot of parents, because they have, the, you know, our values and, you know, we're told that we, we demand respect instead of earning respect. You know, we say mm -hmm. to our children, you have to respect me. Why? If you're shouting at them. So, so when a child sometimes goes, well, please, can you stop shouting at me? There could still be parents that go, well, who do you think you're talking to? Go to your room or they'll, you, they'll get punished for that. But I think that respect is taught in the way we respect them when mm. we give them that space yes. we give them that openness to be themselves and tell us what's going on because it's not about us it's about them what's going on with them so we are their guides we are their mentors to help them through that and Nicola I can see that you are agreeing with a lot of things because you've got quite a cool relationship with Shushi as well don't you yeah I also have a six-year-old uh, yeah, <laughs> girl and boy can match me I'm very very passionate about this topic uh, what you're talking about hence you know the incessant nodding because I've realized with my daughter that one of the biggest things for me is is if I'm, as I said, living my authentic truth, being open about my emotions and feelings to her, you know, I'll say to her, I'm having a bad day. I'm feeling sad. These are the emotions I'm feeling. So I've normalized for her talking about emotions because I'm upfront. I don't pretend like everything's always okay because it's not, uh, yeah. you know, and, and, 
And so I think by me normalizing my emotions, then I therefore normalize hers because now she understands that she can also be, you know, be honest and open about how she's feeling. And, and yes, her and I have always had a really, really special relationship. We do a lot of, you know, talking. I mean, this child, the stuff she comes up with is quite profound and amazing. <laughs> she's definitely been one of my greatest teachers in life. And, yeah. and it's, it's been a scary time, though, because, you know, with COVID and, you know, the fears of COVID, it's the first time I'm seeing her have, you know, quite negative emotions and reactions, you know, more yeah. so than ever. And I think it's hand in hand with the age, you know, as you said, from four, you really start to like tap into your emotional brain. And from five is when COVID hits. And so... You know, I think that, you know, she's really living in a very stressful world and surrounded by a lot of stresses. And, and so it's been a challenge for me because, you know, there's yeah. been a lot of heavy conversations these days and really having to try and, you know, give her as, as a wonderful life as, you know, and we're very privileged that fortunately that we've been able to, you know, keep a roof over our heads and all that through this terrible time. I know a lot of people haven't been so lucky. So, so, you know, the impact hasn't been as great as it has been for many people for her. But, yeah, you know, it's still yeah. incredibly scary. And, and so I'm so glad her and I have such a good relationship at the moment because we can, you know, we can, we, we check in every day and we talk yeah. and she. Yeah. And I love what you said her. about when you, when, you know, when you're so honest with her and say, you know, I'm having a bad day. I think because when we're not open and transparent with our children, about what's going on they will make it about themselves they will fill in the blanks they will go oh have I been a bad person oh did I make my mom sad oh is it because of me that mommy's anxious oh so because that's just what they do children are about children it's it's everything is about them they're very it's their world so when they're looking up to the people that are raising them and something goes wrong because they put you on on a pedestal then they're like what did I do wrong? Did I do something wrong? What's going on? So you being that transparent with her and saying, I'm having a bad day. This is nothing about you. It gives her that you, you role modeling to her. And I think that that's an absolute beautiful thing. So she can see what it's like, what you do with it and how you cope with it. So well done. I mean, that's well really done. <laughs> we wanted to try our best. I mean, who knows? You know, yeah. I don't know if I'm doing things right I think we're all living somewhat in the dark when it comes to raising our kids you know as <laughs> you'll learn along the way <laughs> where's the manual they should be born with like a little booklet that should come out as well <laughs> Nick we I told you before the manual is the book I wrote emotional intelligence <laughs> for parents and teachers <laughs> <laughs> quick little book punt there <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> well thank you for that so so next i want to come to roland so roland is my co-founder of eq for all roland is also my big brother so, you know, Roland and I have been on this path of helping people to become emotionally intelligent for a long time, so long that sometimes I kind of forget about all the stuff we've done about trying to get the word out there from walking door to door, schools, handing out pamphlets, speaking to teachers, oh. to, 
that's just me. <laughs> you know, last year I had him in a bear suit. He was giving kids hugs and we were going into schools because we, our brand is called, um, our ambassadors are called the Bears of Blueberry Forest. So we've got this brand um, with teddy bears and big mascot bears to help kids to, to understand their emotions. So Roland does whatever it takes. So I rope him in, I rope my my husband in and so yeah it's, it's just been a wonderful wonderful journey a very up and down roller coaster for both of us so I want to hear from Roland and and tell everybody why you're so passionate about being EQ Bells, bells. Um, <laughs> yeah I was introduced to EQ about 16 years ago I think it is now might be longer I don't know um at the time, of course, I had no bloody clue what it meant, what it was about. How it actually happened was um, Deborah came to me one day and said, would you be interested in helping me train emotional intelligence? And I had no idea. I'd never heard of it before, but I had done some training, etc. So we jumped right in and, and learned about it and have been learning about it ever since and growing with it ever since. And, you know, there's two sides to emotional intelligence. The one side is teaching you to deal with your emotions, to understand them um, and how to positively turn them around. And then there's another side of emotional intelligence, which is teaches you that everything you go through in life stems from your childhood um, and from experiences you had, because as a lot of people might know, might not know, your first seven years as a human being, as a child, you like a sponge, you, you learn. That's all you do, you take in. So you're learning from people around you, your parents, um, your siblings, your friends, schools, teachers, everything they say you believe in your first seven years, basically. And that all sits in your subconscious. The problem is we don't always learn the right things and we don't always experience the right things. And you take that with us. And then that all comes to play when you're later in life. All the things we experience and the things we go through um, come from there. And we don't, if you don't know where it comes from, it, it's an issue and it can screw your life up. And that was a big thing for me, even because I had, a, I've had a, let's just put it a, um, this way, a colorful life with regrets and some none, but um, I could never understand why the things that happened to me happened to me until I learned that it comes from a childhood and how to deal with it. And that's where emotional intelligence more and more became important in my life, where I, at a late age, I had to start dealing with the past, fixing that. Um, <clears throat> and then also realized, well, at one stage, Deborah and I were just teaching adults really emotional intelligence and then one day she turned around and said we need to teach this to little kids because you've got to start if we could teach little kids at a very young age emotional intelligence their lives would be different and if everybody could uh, learn about emotional intelligence at a young age the world would be different yeah um even with I mean I've got four kids ranging from 18 to 33 and 
the two youngest are raised differently to the to two oldest. The two oldest was the old-fashioned way, the way I was taught. If it doesn't listen, murat. <laughs> so for English people, that that's spanking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, if they don't listen, spank. You just mm. them hiding, or you just because in. You know, we thought that's the only way, and it's the only way we knew as parents, because as yeah. as you say, Nicola, we we don't get taught how to be parents. Um, it'd be lovely if it came in the manual. So yeah, that that was sort of very important to me, and I've seen the difference myself when I raised my two youngers with emotional intelligence, because fortunately I'd learnt about it, um, versus how I raised the other two. I could see the definite difference. I mean, my youngest, he's got such a high level of emotional intelligence, it's scary. Um, way more than most yeah. adults do. Um, yeah, yeah, so to, to me, that's why I, because of what I've been through and I struggled through life, um, and I also had to come to the realization that I'm a, a depressing bastard. And, Everybody thought I was happy and funny, but that was a front. I had to do that because the world depressed me so badly and people depressed yeah. me so badly. Um, and then you learn and that's, and then also another reason why I'm really, really passionate about where, where my thing is sort of moving. Although Deborah, we all involved in teaching kids and that's, that's important. But there's a side, for instance, for me, where it comes to males, because mm -hmm. I learned at a late age when I started hitting 50s and unfortunately around about as a 51, my life changed radically um, when I'd split up with my partner, I'd lost a job and I was battling to find income because of my age. So it pushes you to a very dark place. Um, and on while that was all happening to me, I realized that it was speaking to other guys. There was a lot of guys going through that. It seemed mm. to be an issue for males 45 and over were really, really struggling. A lot of them were divorced. A lot of them had lost their jobs. Um, some of them, and a lot of them were living in the, in the kid's house because they just had nowhere else to go. And mm. all of these people, you eventually start getting pushed into a dark place. And the mm. depression is real. And suicidal thoughts become very, very real. Mm. And... The unfortunate thing is, guys, my age especially, we were brought up where men don't cry. Men just suck it up and have to stand up and fight the fight for everybody. Um, and still, it's still like that. Where guys, they're not like, like women and girls that are quite easy. They talk about emotions way easier. Um, but if, what I've also learned is they say that women are more, more emotional than men. That's not true. It's actually the other way around, funny enough. Men are incredibly emotional. We just keep it to ourselves. We, we don't mm. want to share it. We don't because we feel embarrassed about it. It's not manly and all this crap. Mm. Um, but over the years, I've learned stuff that you've got to talk about your emotions. You've got to tell, tell how you feel. You've got to let that all out. Talk, talk, talk is so important. Mm. Um, and I've at least had the courage to approach even my my toughest friends, if you want to call them that, really staunch, staunch guys that you know, believe in, you know, I'm the man, I must not be weak, I, I look after the family, they rely on me, I must, I must do this, I must do that, I must do this. And you find it, 
and I can say this because I'm half Afrikaans, but the Afrikaans male is especially very, very proud. Um, us us uh, English seem to be a bit more soft. <laughs> uh, I'm generalizing. Um, we have had even those guys, once they start talking and opening up, their lives start changing. And when they realize that they don't have to be this tough guy. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's to me is important. That's sort of dictating my, where my future is going with emotional intelligence. Um, yeah, so I want to, I want to connect yeah. with the male so that they too can start. It's just scary, by the way, a scary uh, stat at the moment is for years and years and years, um, teenagers dominated the suicide scene. Mm. And now the biggest number of suicides in the world is males from 45 to 55. Mm. Um, which says something. And, yeah, think, yeah. and we need to reach out to them as well. And I think that's what I want to do. And I have plans for doing it in the future. I will always, I'm nuts about kids. Um, for some reason, I, they just seem, I track them like flies. They seem to, and I, I get along with them. And um, I've had some wonderful experiences these past couple of years where, where you get kids seven and eight years old I hardly know them. They somebody else's kids, but they come and open up to me and tell me about what's going on in their lives. So yeah. in those young little lives, they're going through similar emotional stress that we are. We just don't realize it. Mm. Miss it as something else. So yeah, in short, the world's in trouble. I think emotional intelligence should be part of everyday life. Mm, critical. Mm. It's critical that kindness is out there, that acceptance is out there. All these indifferences need to be sorted out. All this racism and sexism and you name it, that's unnecessary. Um, we're just screwing up the world even further. So yeah, yeah that's, that's why I'm passionate about it. And that's why I will always be a part of it and do what I need to do and hopefully advocate a bit better in the future. Yeah, and I think you said something important there is that, you know, that one of the biggest components of becoming emotionally intelligent is actually to develop empathy. And I remember when I attended my training all those years ago, um, I think it was not long after that there was a program on carte blanche. I don't, know if carte, I don't live in South Africa anymore. I, I live mostly in the UK, but I spend a lot of time in South Africa. But there was a program on, on TV called carte blanche, which was amazing about topical issues and and things that they would talk about where that people nobody else wanted to talk about and um there was Ruben Baron was the guy who developed the emotional intelligence tool of how to assess your emotional intelligence so that you know which area to work on and um, they went into the South African prisons and they assessed thousands I think a I don't know if it was thousands or if it was 800, I can't remember, it was a long time ago. But they discovered that the biggest reason that those prisoners had committed the crimes that they committed was that they had no empathy. And I remember somebody challenging me the one day and they said, oh, please, we're all born with empathy. It's not something you can develop. No, you can develop empathy. It's a very easy thing to develop. Um, unfortunately, there are some mental diseases with people like psychopaths that you can't develop empathy because there's, there's a part of their brain that's not firing. 
but you can teach empathy because as you're saying, Roland, you know, children are drawn to you because they, they get that vibe from you of non-judgment of, I feel safe with this man. I can talk to him about my problems. He's going to help me. So it's, it's your energy that, that puts that out there. And I think, you know, talking what you were saying about men, that is such a, so important because as you said, just because a man has a different gender or a person doesn't doesn't have a different gender doesn't mean that they don't have emotions and that they don't feel emotional because we all have been born with emotions and this preconcept idea that you've because you are male you don't show it i really think that is something that needs to be broken down and got rid of and also like if you talk about hate crime and um, everything that's going on in the world, all of that, in my opinion, is fear. It's fear because you don't have empathy. You're not interested in learning about a different culture. You're not interested in finding why people do the things that they do. And so when we have fear of why of people's differences, instead of understanding the differences and embracing those differences, that fear would disappear. But as you said, Nicola, with your journey, it all comes down to self. Everything is about self. So when you understand yourself and go, well, you know what? I'm actually quite cool and it's normal to feel this and I can be and do whatever who I want to be. We suddenly then start looking at other people differently. And when we start developing empathy, we can, you merely have to say, you know, I, I remember when I was teaching Tyler, I was, when I was developing this, this program. So Tyler's my oldest grandson who is 10, but at the time he was eight months and I was developing this new program to teach EQ to kids. And so I was testing it on him from the age of eight months already, just with simple things like flashcards, telling him about different feelings. And then I'd say to him, Tyler, so how are you feeling today? And he would tell me, he would go home and tell his mom, um, but he suddenly would develop this empathy. He was two years old, two and a half years old. And he would look at me and he would go, Grammy, is your back sore? And I'd go, yeah, I do actually have a backache. Then the next day he would go, how is your back? Are you feeling better? Because suddenly he was developing empathy and seeing for himself what somebody else was going through. But as he got older, I remember him because children do very, dis, you know, they see the world as it's just descriptive for them. So they will, for instance, say somebody's fat or somebody's dark or somebody's pink or because for them, it's just a description of what they're seeing. And as he got older, I wanted to teach him about we don't call other people names. And it's sometimes it's hurtful to say those words. And he had said something and I just looked at him and I said to him, how would you feel if that kid said that about you? And he went, oh, I don't think I'd like that at all. I said, okay, that, doesn't, that hurts a little bit, doesn't it? And he said, it does hurt my feelings. I said, okay. So when you do that, you can see that it might hurt their feelings, wouldn't it? And he went, oh, yes. Oh, I feel terrible. And then basically then saying to him, well, go and say sorry and say that you didn't mean it. That's as simple as empathy is, is always mm. about what would it feel like if I was in that situation? And I think like for everything you've said, Roland, 
all the stuff that's going on in the world, the racism, the sexism, the, the hatred, the misogyny, the xenophobia, if we actually just took five minutes every day and went, and if we became aware, the whole self-awareness, we became aware of thinking in a judgmental way or thinking in any kind of way that was unkind and going, wait, what would I feel like if they were saying that about me? I think we could teach empathy in a really, really quick and easy way and around the world and all of these issues will stop. In my opinion, if you want to change the world, you want to fix the world, heal the world, heal all the souls out there, teach them how to be emotionally intelligent and teach them specifically about empathy. So I know this has been quite a long show, but I thought it was really important for everybody to just meet the team. Um, I'm going to be the main interviewer of uh, a, different pe a lot of different people around the world. Um, so you're going to find out more about emotional intelligence. You're going to find out more stories. Um, my team has even deeper stories about how their lives have changed when they became emotionally intelligent. And I think I'm going to leave that for now because I would love to get into a little bit more, um, for instance, and I'm just going to introduce you, or, or should I say introduce what we're going to be talking about in the future so that you can see what is coming up. Um, so one of the things Nicola is going to talk about how, you know, her, her being a survivor, um, how that has affected her life and to encourage and empower other people out there. Um, Roland has also survived a um, COVID. He's just got over COVID. He's still recovering from a stroke post COVID. So it's amazing that he's actually joined us here. And so, you know, he's got a lot of stuff going on. Natasha's got some stuff going on in her life as well as Eve. Um, Eve's also come from a world where, you know, th there was a lot of violence, a lot of misunderstanding. And what I love about Eve is when she also, when she step into her world of what it feels like to be a person of color because as you can see the rest of us you know are, are not of color and we can't understand that judgment and and growing up as a person of color and how profoundly it can affect you my backstory is one of being bullied um i was a a wife uh, a, um, that that overcame domestic violence domestic abuse um, as well as molestation as a young girl. So we all have our backstories. And as you can see, emotional intelligence has literally brought us to this place where we are passionate about life. We want to share this knowledge with you. We want to help you to understand that you do not have to be devastated by your emotions and that you can actually turn it around, flip them around and use them to have an incredible, fulfilling, happy life. That doesn't mean to say that we don't feel emotions. Of course, we still feel it. We still have those little dips, but we have the tools and the knowledge and the know-how to pick ourselves up, to be resilient, deal with it and move forward. So I want to say thank you so much for joining us on our very first show. And I do hope that you will tune in again and that we'll see you next time. And take care and yes to being more EQ. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time to hear more about how you can be more EQ.